Kevin Glastonbury, who uh, is the winemaker at Yulumba, uh, KG, they they all say. Um, and good morning to you, Kevin. Good morning, Simon. Great to be with you once again. Yes, same, same. Um, so, uh, obviously, we know where you get your nickname, but do most people call you KG? Pretty much everyone, uh, and it's what I prefer, really. Um, I do have the name Kevin, as you, as you said, but that's a generational family name, and I try and stick away from that sort of thing. So KG works works very well. Excellent. That's uh, that's what we'll do then. Um, now uh, we so your uh, vintage twenty one. Um, at what stage are you uh, in the in the Barossa particularly? Um, how far through are you? The the whites are very much in the last last drips and drabs in the last week or two of of the whites. Uh, reds are uh, sort of in that transition phase where. We've had some uh, good work over the last three weeks, three and a half weeks of uh, good ripening and and good intake of fruit. But then in the last week, we've um, we've plateaued a little bit, I guess, where the um, the grapes have just not struggling to ripen, but because they're really cool nights mm-hmm. and the days haven't been overly warm. So whilst we've been powering through the, the first, as I said, three to three and a half weeks or so, uh, the last week or so, we haven't really taken a lot of fruit and. In a, in a beautiful season like this, which has had really, really great ripening weather, not too hot, lots of nice warm days without being too hot and, and just cool nights but not too cool early, um, flavours and everything was terrific. So there's no need to rush. Uh, there's no... We had a little bit of rain up in the in the Barossa on the, um, over the last few days. I think they had a four or five mil um, in various uh, places, but that's... That's okay. It's better than twenty or thirty. Mm, um, and yeah. just freshen things up, and so we'll now just um, this week we're sort of on hold a little bit and just uh, working our way through bits and pieces. And then the next couple of weeks, I think we'll fire up and and uh, rip into it again. And um, Cabernets and Shiraz and Grenache, Tempranillo looks very strong this year. So lots and lots of things coming in. But as I said, no need to rush. We will just um, mm. motor on through as as we go. Yeah, and and you'd probably prefer that to to a really compact vintage where you're just juggling tanks and fermenters and equipment and people. Yes, you never seem to have enough tanks when um, when the when the season's compressed and mm. and um, when it's when it's a very hot year and you've got to bring things in quickly. You tend to a lot of the commercial grades tend to spend even less time on skins because they've got to keep rolling through. Mm. Um, have yeah, a little bit more luxury, I guess, with the with the more premiums. But you've still you've still got to uh, make sure that they ferment out and get get close to dryness before you press them off. So um, in those those tough years, um, you, you're really pulling your hair out, I suppose. But a year like this, we I, I'm not going to say we haven't really hit our hit our stride, but we've certainly been motoring along. But it's certainly been, um, I guess, in third gear. I guess really. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let's. Uh that's good. So, um, some of the the you know high, the um, more premium uh, ranges that you've got. One of our um, our listeners, Christopher, um, loves the twenty twelve signature. Um, so, uh, and he also the Octavius was the other one he was saying. So, um, well, how's that drinking for your your mind? The the twenty twelve. Can you have you had that recently? The signature. Yes, we. Um, um, I guess I've in a in a fortunate position uh, where I make them but um, can can taste them on a semi-regular basis when I need to revisit them. So the 12s were just stellar, stellar wines, uh, 
great vintage, all-round ripening conditions and rain at the right time and all those sorts of things. It was just a beautiful, beautiful, uh, fragrantly structured uh, wines from, from that year. And uh, Signatures are, and Octavius and, and indeed our very first Kaylee, which was released out of 2012. They're, they're, they're stunning wines, and um, it's one out of the box, I suppose, for a lot of people, the 12, um, mm-hmm. because of the, the, the beautiful fruit profile, I think, um, whereas it was uh, you know, generally in the brosser, it can be sometimes a bit more brooding, a bit darker fruited, and a bit, the wines can, can be quite quite um, generous, whereas the 12s are just classic, um, beautiful framework, and those wines will just live forever. So for me, they're drinking absolutely perfectly. I... I love uh, the signatures and those sort of wines at about 10 years of age, mm-hmm. sort of 8 to 12 or something like that. I just think they have a good balance, and, and that goes for a lot, of, a lot of premium wines. They have a, for me, they have the right balance between youthfulness of the fruit and the, the uh, seductive characters as a young wine, but in transition to getting into that sort of secondary, ter- uh, tertiary development characters. Um, so at about 8 to 12, so the 2012s mm-hmm. are right on that on that window at the moment they will live for a lot longer than that but then the longer they go obviously the the less fruit they have and they really get those developed characters and become stunning aged wines Mm. but for me for drinkability around that 8 to 12 is is where i love all Mm. of those wines that is a good tip and uh christopher better go and uh, find a reason to open it soon um (laughs) so uh uh so now you've had you've had a long uh career uh, in wine and Barossa particularly, haven't you? Yes. So, yes. would would forty years be correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll call it that, Simon. Mm. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> oh, look, I, I I was straight out of school and and um, got into um, laboratory work and then worked there for a while and then uh, morphed into some the the settled, uh, training system, which was working with the winemakers and, and learning technically what they were doing. And, and a lot of those, a lot of guys in that sepult and um, in those early days where we worked with Penfolds under that big corporate banner way back in the day, mm-hmm. um, you, you, you learnt a lot and, and a lot of those guys went on to do extra studies, whereas I, I didn't with, with family and all sorts of reasons, but um, just eventually morphed into getting into wine in... Um, uh, 1994, I think it was, when I joined Grant Burge and then was with Grant for four years and then uh, got the job at Yolumba at uh, start of 99. So mm. as winemaking, it's it's probably close to 25, 26 years or so now, yep. which is, um, yeah, I, I couldn't think of doing anything else, to be honest. Hmm. Um, and your role now, are you, you in your senior winemaker on the Reds? Is that yes. current? Yeah, yeah. yes. Um, so the, uh, to the, the range is quite large, isn't it? And it, you know, it's, it's such a, a big business, but it's a family owned business still. And, and isn't that, that must be a great thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, yes, we are a largish company. We're not, um, we're not anywhere near the biggest at all by, um, by size or volume or, or, or whatever, but as a business, we're, we're quite large and diverse with um, our nursery and our food bridge and and our import export side with negotiants and and um, all of that. So we are quite a quite a big business, which is still direct family owned from mm-hmm. uh, the, the original owner Samuel Smith. So uh, Robert Hill Smith and his brother Sam 
are um, the owners of the business, and they're the, as I said, the direct descendants of, of Sam so, uh, of Samuel Smith. So mm. that's a that's a really cool thing. And Jess Hill Smith is uh, Robert's daughter, eldest daughter, and she's been working in the business now for three years or so. She um, spent a lot of time in um, uh, marketing around in uh, Sydney and in um, uh, in London. Uh, working with other comp- wine companies, so she's done her, I think, seven or eight years of uh, traineeship working mm-hmm. with other companies, and came back to us, and now is in charge of our rare and fine um, portfolio. So that's Kaylee, Octavia, Signature, etc. Mm-hmm. So she's um, she travels around, which is which is terrific. Like this time of year when winemakers are, are, are pretty busy, uh, we we don't travel, uh, whereas she's up in Queensland um, traveling around showcasing our. Our wares, which is um, terrific, mm. and um, you know that's uh, that's a really good thing for us. So we're fifth generation transitioning to sixth, and the the beauty about that is that um, if Robert, who's moved to um, chairman of the board, he's not um, CEO or anything anymore, but um, he's still very much heavily involved in the business. But he was just walking around the other day and popped into my office and sat there and had a chat for half an hour about some of the vineyards and some of the wines and how they were looking and um, he wanted to go down and see one of our very old Shirazes being picked. And um, so we, that sort of thing, excuse me, doesn't happen in a in a corporate business. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, the, you know, the, our boss, who's there pretty much every day, um, walks around and, and pops in and says, g'day. And that's that's reassuring in, this, in, these, uh, in these times. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and there's obviously still such a love for, you know, for the whole place, and 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 such a knowledge of, of it, and and wanting to keep the finger on the pulse by the sounds. Absolutely, and he's certainly the type that um, has a lot going on his head and uh, has a finger across everything, um, but is I, I guess gradually starting to to step back a little bit as Jess is getting a little bit more involved, and but I don't think Robert will ever ever give away a, um, a complete um, hands-on role in the business because that's what, it's been his life for yeah. um, pretty much all of his life. So um, he won't ever step away, but I think he'll gradually let other people really assume uh, a little bit more of uh, an ownership role. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned the, the nursery, and we hear uh, from a, you know, quite often on the show when we're talking to, to winemakers uh, who've been you know, either setting up a new vineyard or put you know planting new vineyards or you know that sort of thing that that your lumber is is a real go-to um place for vine material or for Mm -hmm. for vines so what's the have you got a team that actually just is dedicated to that side of things yes absolutely the um the nursery itself used to be housed at uh yolumba angerson but in the early 2000s one, I think, oh two, it it uh, moved down to our our vineyard on the valley floor, which is the home of our all of our old bushfire Grenache, and it's the tricentenary vineyard. So, um, again, that was a foresight of Robert to to want to move the nursery, which is the young young vine cuttings, to an area with some of the oldest vines in, in the Barossa, mm. um, the new and the old. So that was set up, and um, we now do. Um, uh, I think it's 1.5 million grafts a year. So um, uh, that's of all 
um, so many different grape varieties. I think they work with well over 100, 120 grape varieties. Mm. So that's, well, uh, that's all the clones of, of the Chardonnays and Pinots sure, yeah. and all the different clones. And a lot of those, uh, there's a lot of work being done. I'm not sure of the, the, um, the actual names of a lot of them, but they're um, the European grape varieties, a lot of Greek um, grape varieties, new ones that they're playing with and toying with all the time. Um, so they're planted up in up in the Riverland, up um, in our um, Oxford Landing vineyard. And um, I think we also work with uh, a lot of table grape. Uh, that's a, a, a really growing industry. Uh, mm. And I think we, we did something like 400,000 400, 500, um, grafts to generate some table grapes because, wow. um, you know, you, you don't eat um, wine grapes. Um, they're um, not not eating um, um, grapes, but uh, table grapes, which are generally seedless, mm-hmm. uh, are, are grown. They're lovely, aromatic, um, and um, sweet, and, and a generous style. And, yeah. and so we, we work with those as well. So it's a diversification business. So it's, um, uh, at, at the middle of their grafting period, there are dozens of people at the at the nursery. Uh, most of the year, outside of that, there's there's a skeleton staff. Um, and they're really looking at sales and, and um, um, all that side of it. But, yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a great great part of our business. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's interesting you mentioned the, um, the table grapes because I was at um, the market here um, during the week and <clears throat> they had lots of the fruit shops had bunches of table grapes that were looking more like um, wine grapes because they were okay. those smaller berries rather than, you know, the the big ones you'll get at the supermarket. And um, and so potentially that's, you know, it's that's an emerging thing to, you know, there's more flavour in these smaller berries, but you haven't got that tannic um, pip in the middle. Yeah, I, I guess the, the evolution is, is the same as wine. The, mm. um, 20, 30 years ago, you, you pretty much ate Sultana and that was it. Mm. Um, or unless somebody had something weird and wonderful growing in their backyard, but... Um, nowadays, with uh, the, the clonal work in, in table in, in wine grape, but that's also morphed into table grape as well. And there's so many different uh, varieties imported into into um, into Australia from overseas, um, and they are just just more intriguing. They're, they're different aromatics and and sweetness levels and um, all that sort of thing. And some, you know, they they taste like coconut ice or all that sort of powdery, or just different different flavours. And uh, the diversity is. Uh, um, it's terrific. Just mm. like there's a diverse range of uh, wine grapes. Yes. Um, the other question that I, I had was, <clears throat> um, obviously you you would use a lot of oak um, across across all of the range, and you know from obviously new and and old, and you cycle it all through. But you've got a cooperage on site, um, which mm-hmm. is really fun to watch when you go and actually visit the cellar door. Um, what? How much of that do you? How much of that is theatre, and how much of it is feeding the needs of the winemaking team? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. Um, it's there because um, it's it's always been there. So we've always had a cooperage. The, the large wineries in the Barossa, in general, um, all had their own cooperage. You know, I'm going back a hundred years yeah. because they they repaired big wooden vats, and uh, that's uh, they've imported a Western Red Cedar and uh, made big, large 
large vats, all that sort of thing. So the, most of them have always had something, and then um, with the fortified industry, there was a lot of barrels always being repaired and all that sort of thing. So, But it was, it was probably about 30, 30 years ago now, I think Yolumba really started to get into uh, making barrels for, for table wine, and um, it's just morphed from, from there into, into a, um, something really unique. So, yes, there, there is theatre when you go in and you can wander around and see the, the cooperage and see the art of the barrels being made, but it's a serious cooperage. I mean, anywhere from 150 to 350 barrels in a year mm. are made by the guys there. So, And by that, it's, it's in this uh, in this season now at the moment with um, all the effects of the last 12 months of COVID in China and those sort of things, we're making less barrels because some of the wine makes are a bit less than, than they were. Whereas if you went back three or four or five years, they would have been making 350 barrels because we were making more wine for the labels. So yeah. that that rotates and changes. But we, we don't make it for don't make the barrels for anyone else. They're just for your lumber. Mm-hmm. And um, the great thing is, you know, the winemakers can can go down when the barrels are being made. We start making in around about um, end of October, November, um, and then finish in around about March. To the end of March, so you can go down and, and and say you want a little bit more toast, or a bit less toast, or a bit bigger flame on on few on a, on certain barrels, and because they're all numbered and, and barcoded, we know which ones are which, mm-hmm. and um, so that's that's really unique, um, and and it's it's a part of uh, the the winery when you when you come, you go to Silverdor and you can go go for a tour through through there. So yes, there is the theatre of that, but it's certainly a, um, a, a definitely a, a big part of the Yolumba style, all of the, all of the premiums use uh, some um, some Yolumba barrels, um, but um, we and still, so have still wine use some, some French then as well. Yes, well, yeah. well the, 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 we're dominant in French, um, so we, we import French um, French staves and Hungarian staves. They're the two largest uh, mm-hmm. in volume, um, and American is is probably only ten percent or thereabouts. Um, uh, Hungarians probably around about twenty twenty five percent, and um, French is the rest. Mm. So, um, and and both uh, Barrique two two five liter barrel size plus three hundred liter, um, and a few octaves because that's how the uh, the cooperage began with the uh, American oak octaves for Octavius way mm-hmm. back in the the nineties. Um, so we still make those, but uh, a, a lot less. Um, we use them as um, as part of Octavius, but as a background part these days, as part to continue the story, but it's not the focus mm. anymore mm-hmm. um, because the wine styles have evolved. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? um, uh, mate, we're just about out of time, unfortunately. We could ah. do this for for uh, forever. But um, one question that um, that uh, a listener has um, texted into us because people can text. Uh, into the studio um, <clears throat> is uh, he wants to know um, if you run into Jane Ferrari much because uh, she's sort of as he says it larger than life character that um, he's seen it around at a few uh, mm-hmm. for in forums and things like that. So Jane um, hasn't worked at Yolumba for a year or two. I think she's mo- she moved on for um, uh, various sorts of reasons. She'd worked at Yolumba for a number of years, but. Uh, for 25 years or something, um, but her, her her role was very not strenuous but very tedious. Uh, where she was travelling not only Australia but the world, and um, mm. 
she she uh, accrued more uh, air air miles than any, anyone else, and um, so I think it, it really took a, a eventually took a toll, and she just needed to have a break from the yeah. constant. And that was her role. It was talking about uh, travelling and travelling and travelling. So mm. she was she would be away for six or nine months of the year on occasion. So she needed yeah, a break. It's not from sustainable, that. is it? Really, like that's, no. As fun no. as it would be at the start, it would become unfun. <laughs> Most of us certainly, uh, once we've started, we, we love the love it to begin with. But it, the, it, uh, the novelty soon wears off. So she's doing her own thing. Um, working for a few small companies, uh, wineries in the Brosser and, and um, doing lots of uh, consulting work and, and in that sales and uh, spruiking uh, yeah. her, her, uh, the way that she talks about things and telling stories. And, yes, she's a great, a great performer and um, a great, uh, she certainly was a great ambassador for uh, the Lumber brand in particular, the signature. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, good honour, good luck to her. Um, so, uh, KJ, um I hope uh, the rest of vintage goes well for you. And thank you. This is a this is kind of a bit of a nervous part, I guess, but uh, it's also an exciting part to be Ab- just absolutely it's picking the, uh, that right window. <laughs> it's the it's the best time of the year, but it can be the most nervous and and uh, stressful at times when the weather goes against you. But um, it's uh, it's when you really get your chance to shine because once they're harvested and they're fermented and they're in the barrels or they're in the tank. Uh, you've made the you've made the decision, so mm-hmm. now um, you've got to then uh, work with what you have. So um, we have uh, we have a, a winery and cellar full of some some pretty stunning wine, and uh, not that we're going to call a vintage amazing at this point in time, but it certainly appears to be one of the strong vintages um, out of the Brossa in, that that I can recall in my time. So um, well, we'll we can have a chat um, after vintage at some point. Yeah, let's hundred percent. I mean, we. Um we didn't even get to talk about your uh, your researching last night that you did with uh, drinking a couple of wines that your mate Dave McIntosh uh, made. Um, yeah, good good mate Dave. He's uh, he's one of the great Kiwis and um, makes some stunning wines, particularly out of the out of the Yarra, and uh, makes uh, Salo with uh, Steve Flamstead, who's also a brilliant winemaker. Mm. And um, Arfion is Dave's. Uh, Family family label and um, drank one of his Nebbiolos last night. Uh, he makes a little uh, wine called Smokestack Lightning, which is his fun play experimental, I guess, uh, label. Mm-hmm. And um, also um, made the, the little um, start a conversation Pinot, which is a wine um, that he uh, helped put together for um, my wife's uh, charity work. So. Uh, we, we we drink that lovely juicy little Pinot uh, start a conversation. So he's a he's a great mate and a great great winemaker. And um, should get him on. Well, chat with yeah, him. I think uh, I think I will because I, I really liked the when I had a quick look at it um, last night and I liked the story. So um, let him know that I'll reach out this week and uh, get him do. on in a couple of weeks. Um, KG, let's definitely let's have a chat after vintage. Um, there's still lots and lots we can cover. So absolutely en- enjoy your afternoon, mate. I will do, Simon, and thank you very much for uh, for having a chat and and all the best. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. KG, um, as we now are allowed to call him.